Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Gearnetwork.com. The following is a presentation of the Gear Radio Network. One, two, three, four. I believe it's a big challenge for our building. Um, to keep things in perspective and, and to, um, if we're going to get addicted to anything, let's get addicted to the process. And with that, we welcome you to Trust the Podcast, powered by Better Live Than Dead and the Gear Radio Network. This right here, episode 123. Episode one, two, three, my babies. Ladies and gentlemen, don't adjust your dial. He is back. I am Ryan Wolf at Wolf TV, but that's not the reason you tuned in. You tuned in to hear my co-host, John Cimino, at Money on Twitter. John, we're talking Buffalo Bills at Chicago Bears. Before I ask you how you're doing, I got to run through the script here. You can hear us on BetterLiveThanDead.com, GearNetwork.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Make sure to hit that subscribe button as well to stay up to date on the latest Better Live Than Dead and Gear Network podcast. John. With that being said, how you doing? How was your Christmas? It's it, we haven't talked to you in a couple weeks, a few weeks, but you've been a busy man. Yeah. I know that. But how you doing? Extremely, extremely busy. Uh, finally on the uh, on the tail end of that, so uh, doing well. Um, turned forty two yeah, like two birthday. weeks ago. So yes, thank you. Turned forty two. Got a clean bill uh, of health, so I'm no longer. Uh, in in physical therapy for my ankle, which means return to the ring is eminent. Um, but just extremely busy with the holidays, uh, the the normal nine to five, um, and and you know, so it, it's some sacrifices unfortunately had to be made, and and that was you know me in my podcasting form. I've been un- unable to do not just this, but the JC Money Show, and I mean, I was able to sneak an appearance on All Bets Are Off. Uh, I think just before the calendar year end hit everybody and it's been wild. It's been a wild month, but finally, finally things are are tapering a bit with Christmas out of the way. Christmas was wonderful. I hope yours was as well. And, uh, and Brayton, thanks for covering for me uh, on short notice. The past three weeks, Uh, you do the job much better than I do. And, (laughs) and that's the only time I'll admit that. Well, hey, it, even even though it was great having Brayton on, it's it always feels like there's a piece of the puzzle missing when when it's not me and you chatting here on the podcast. So Aww. I think with with that being said, before it gets too sappy, we'll jump right into the recap. John, for the fifth game in a row, the Buffalo Bills come out on top. That's right; they've got a five game win streak. Uh, did I did I get that right? I don't even know. I'm just so excited to talk to you and talk to the talk about the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Uh, I full disclosure when I wrote the podcast. Uh, my brain might have been a little scrambled, but it seems like it's a little longer than that. Six games. There we go. Six games, John, for the sixth game Six in a row. Games. Yeah, I was about Buffalo to bring Bills. it up right now. Yeah, it started you. with Cleveland and extended with uh, yeah. Chicago. 
Let me let me scrape the crap off my own boot here. For the sixth game in a row, the Buffalo Bills come out on top. This time it was a 35-13 to victory over the Chicago Bears in what will go in the record books as the coldest regular season road game for the Buffalo Bills since at least 1967. At kickoff, it was 9 degrees Fahrenheit. I remember they said something about the wind chill was like negative 11 or 12. Um, Buffalo oh, yeah. improves to 12-3 and on the season. They clinched the AFC East for the third consecutive year. It's the first time that Buffalo has won three consecutive division titles since winning the division four straight times from 1988 to 1991. John, this has to go down as one of the most modest 35 to 13 victories ever. When you look at the box score, you presume that Buffalo put the Christmas Eve beat them down on the Bears. But it feels like it was more. There was more to it than just that. I mean, the the, the Bills struggled to get there with them in the first half. They trailed mm-hmm. Chicago ten to six at the half. But then Buffalo would go on to outscore Chicago twenty nine to three in the second half. We'll obviously talk about how that all happened here coming up. But just on the surface, you know, when the game was over, I, I, I mean, I watched the whole game as I always do. But when I saw the score thirty five to thirteen pop up on TV, I'm like, you know, I said to to my wife, you know, I said a lot of people are going to look at this and say, wow, the the Bills really whooped their ass, and like, yeah, they did. But it, it, there was a lot. I feel like there's a lot more to it than that. It just doesn't. It didn't feel like the beatdown that it looked like. Yeah, I, I get, I get that. I get that optic. Um, and it, I think a lot of that comes from the fact that it all happened and in the second half of the game where you had to sit through a abysmal cold nasty looking nasty played first half where they put up six points against the lowly chicago bears the now three and 12 chicago bears i mean you're looking at you're looking at i i i turned off the game in the first half of the game because it was for lack of better terminology very boring and I get it's a sport and there's there's an element to it, but it, it just didn't seem like it computed with the Buffalo Bills that this very well could have been a trap game and that they needed to make whatever adjustments they need to make in the half um, in, in order to win this game because it was it, it wasn't necessarily a must win, but it was a must win. When you've got Cincinnati and you've got Kansas City, even though you own the tiebreaker on on Kansas City, that Cincinnati variable um, with Joe Burrow and them, they're playing real good football. You got to win out and you got to play because that number one seed, that very important, elusive number one seed where you're the only team in your conference getting that week off to rest, that's important. That's something worth playing for. And you needed to, you know, you kind of need to have your ducks in a row there and, that first half, the Bills did not have that. And that's something we'll obviously discuss later on in the podcast because things are developing rapidly in the AFC as well as the NFL as a whole. But, John, to jump into our three big things brought to you by PuckLuck.com, your one-stop resource for all of your National Hockey League sports betting action. PuckLuck provides win percentages and score projections for each and every National Hockey League game to tilt the ice in your favor. Not sure what to bet or just in a rut? Not to worry. PuckLuck also provides expert picks to get the puck bouncing your way. Please note PuckLuck.com, no way affiliated with the National Hockey League. It's teams or the NHLPA. PuckLuck.com provides data related to gambling and cannot guarantee the success of any suggested or related wagers as always please gamble responsibly now john running down the offensive stats i think a lot of the reason the game didn't feel like a beatdown was simply because josh allen had a very modest i use the word modest again a very mediocre day he was 15 for 26 passing at 172 passing yards two touches two interceptions 
with six rushes for 41 yards and a touchdown. Allen now has 174 career touchdowns, surpassing Dan Marino for uh, 171 for most touchdowns all time in a player's first five seasons. But Allen was kind of regressing back to a little bit of a 2019 Josh Allen, making some poor choices on both picks. First off, the first interception looked like he'd misread the play, ended up throwing to Isaiah McKenzie in double coverage. It, it almost seemed like he did not see the defender shifting back to help the man covering McKenzie and then threw it directly into double coverage. Um, the second interception appeared to be an overthrow to Cook over the middle. It just literally looked like he was trying to throw a 70-yard ball five yards and just completely mm-hmm. overshot uh, James Cook, who was roughly like four to five yards out. So not great from Josh Allen, but look at before we even talk about Josh Allen, I want to transition into this very major point here that I'm, I'm ready to make. I've been ready to make with you. Mm-hmm. Sunday proved one thing, that this Buffalo Bills team is probably better than last year's Buffalo Bills team. The high-flying defensive juggernaut that was the 2021 Buffalo Bills. This year, the big difference, John, mm-hmm. the running game. And we saw that on on Saturday. Sorry, we saw that on yes. Saturday. They had yes, and, and that was that was something that I think we we'd highlighted quite a bit, uh, not just earlier this year, but last year as well. That yep. if there is a if there is a uh, even a decent uh, or, or acceptable running game behind Josh Allen, you don't need Josh Allen to play Madden on rookie level every single week, you know, in order to in order to get the thing. So it's nice to see that this running game is finally starting to kind of to kind of pick that up and and take some pressure off of the legs of Josh Allen. And we've got a fun stat later on in the podcast. I won't share it now, but that's what we call a teaser, my friends. The running game, 31 total rushes for 254 yards and three touchdowns. The 254 total rushing yards is a season high. It is the highest total rushing yards for Buffalo since they recorded 272 rushing yards versus Miami on Christmas Eve in 2016. Running back Devin Singletary had 12 rushes for 106 yards and one touchdown. He had two receptions on three targets for 19 yards. It's the third career game for Singletary with 100-plus rushing yards, and his 33-yard touchdown run was the second longest of his career with the longest mm-hmm. coming uh, a 46-yard touchdown at Miami on September 19, 2021. Also, running back James Cook looked very crisp, very good. 11 carries for a career-high 99 yards and one touchdown. Cook is the first Bills rookie with a touchdown streak since Gabe Davis had a touchdown in three consecutive games in 2020. So, now, again, I yeah. think that... Yeah, I think that with when you're, you know, just reading off these stats here, you know, one, I, I do recall us talking a lot about Devin Singletary in particular, and in particular, can he be the guy, right? And when you're looking at this stat line here, the Devin Singletary and James Cook stat line, he doesn't really need to be the guy. This by committee thing could actually work out quite well for Buffalo, save, save some miles on Josh Allen's legs. And keep the train rolling. I mean, when you get two, you, not one, but two running backs that are putting up 100 yards on average uh, a game, you, that's going to that's gonna help quite a bit. He doesn't need, Josh Allen doesn't need to pass for 200 yards if you've got 200 being accounted for on the ground from between two people. So that's, I mean, uh, it's great that they finally got the running game going because that's going to prove big, especially in these winter months, especially if you're playing out in Buffalo, which, for some reason, snow doesn't stop falling there. So looking at this right now, um, I'm just trying to see. Uh, 
So, yeah, uh, just looking at the statistics here uh, of seeing how Buffalo's running breaks down in comparison to the rest of the league. Devin Singletary ranks 22nd with 790 yards behind uh, Raheem Mostert, who has 791 rushing yards on 161 carries. So essentially what I'm what I'm getting at is if you look at the yards per average uh, and you're looking at guys who have run the ball over 100 times, you've got Lamar Jackson at 6.8, Justin Fields at 6.7, um, Josh Allen at 6.5, but then you're scrolling down the list here and Devin Singletary's in pretty good company in terms of the amount of rushes he's had and the amount of rushing yards he's amassed because you look at guys like he's he's in a, a class with Deonta, Deonta Foreman of the Panthers, Kenneth Walker the third of the, the Seahawks, um, and Derek, I mean, Derek Henry has a 4.5 yards per carry, but he's also run the ball 319 times. But Kenneth Walker, 176, Deonta Foreman, 178 rushes, all that 4.6 yards per carry, and they have... Walker has 803 yards and Foreman has 811 yards. Singletary has 790 yards. So again, it's something where you see, like, I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody. I'm just trying to like look at the stats and say, you know, Hey, if essentially if he were to get more of uh, more opportunities, he probably would have a lot more yards, but here's the thing. It's, it's week 16 and Devin Singletary looks fresh it's week 16. James Cook looks fresh and looks like an NFL running back. He he has developed his game throughout the season to get to this point where you can have those two guys instead of rushing Singletary 25 times a game or rushing Cook 25 times a game. You've got Singletary with 12 and Cook with 11. They're staying fresh and they are explosive out of the backfield, which is a very nice thing to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you, you know, embar- I, I hate to say embarrassment of riches because it's not necessarily, you know, riches, but in the same, you get that kind of production. I mean, you're going to win football games. Absolutely. Even with the even with the Bills offensive line being less than stellar this season with injuries and with ineffectiveness, the fact mm-hmm. that they're still running their asses off is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Wide receiver Stephon Diggs had another down week. He had two receptions on two y- targets for 26 yards, but his two receptions on Saturday put him at 101 receptions on the season. He's the sixth player in NFL history to record at least 100 receptions and 1,200 receiving yards in three or more consecutive seasons. And he's the first player to ever accomplish this feat in each of his first three seasons with a new team. Uh, wide receiver Gabe Davis, three receptions on six targets for 45 yards and one touchdown. The reason we talk about Davis today is he recorded his seventh receiving touchdown of the season. Excuse me. Tying a career high previously set in his rookie year in 2020. Now, moving over to our second of the three big things, wrapping up the defense. Not a whole lot to talk about here. Uh, despite the fact that it was only 13 points allowed, there's really not a lot of of meat on the bone because they just really did what they needed to do. But Ed Oliver stood out again. He had four total tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss, two pass breakups. Um, D, uh, defensive end AJ Epinesa had one tackle, one sack, one tackle for loss, and one quarterback hit. He now has six and a half sacks on the season, which are a career high and continues to grow. But I know I mentioned that there wasn't a whole lot of meat on the bone defensively, but honestly, they showed up. They showed out on Saturday. They had 11 tackles for loss. They had five pass deflections, two sacks, four quarterback hits. John, they held... Chicago quarterback Justin Fields to seven rushes for 11 yards. Now, mind you, coming into the game, he had a thousand rushing yards. So he still leads NFL quarterbacks with a thousand and eleven rushing yards, but they held him to 11 yards. That is incredible. They made him play quarterback. 
ended up holding Chicago to 209 net yards. And the one thing this year that, that we continue to look at, much like the running backs, uh, we look at third down percentages on, on Saturday. They held Chicago to two for 12. That's 17% efficiency on third down. So again, everything the Bills struggled at, they succeeded at on Saturday, which definitely helped uh, inflate the win, make it bigger, make Absolutely. it, make it, uh, make it a more, uh, I don't know, of a wider victory. Because again, call me crazy. But the Buffalo Bills on Saturday showed that, again, having Josh Allen in the lineup makes your team insanely better. But yes, the Buffalo Bills showed that they can win a game when Josh Allen's having an off day, which, again, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and blame Josh Allen for only throwing 170 whatever yards and two interceptions because. Have you ever if tried to were, throw a football in that kind of cold weather, though? I was just about to say, if it were nine degrees, when it's nine degrees outside, Oh boy, I'm the biggest yeah. bitch. I'm the biggest bitch there ever is. I will complain <laughs> as the day is long. If you if anybody's willing to listen, I'm willing to complain. So, you know, I would have to presume decision making might have been a little compromised because again, you're freezing your ass off. But we have not really heard too much about that. But again, I'm not gonna hold Josh Allen too yeah, um, too 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 I, accountable because again, it happens and right. he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He is. And also, I mean, you, you know, you keep in mind the running game that we talked about and the defense, like it's a team game. You know, I feel like I, I, I feel like Booger McFarland here. It's a team game. Boom. When he's talking on NFL <laughs> prime time, but it's, yep. uh, it, it's a, it's a team game. They, the, the defense, as you, as you had mentioned, showed up, they allowed, they allowed 10 in the first half, which, you know, it, it could happen to anybody. Um, and, and that running game, when it, when it turned up, you know, again, Allen didn't need to carry the team on his back this week. The team carried him. And that's really the nucleus of a very good team is, and the is, big thing, you know, John, you're not, you're not relating, you're not solely relying on just one individual or one entity. And the one thing I wanted to just jump in and, and cut you off completely so rudely, I apologize. The one thing I wanted to mention, we knew this last year, it was either Josh Allen winning the game or the defense winning the game. Now we're right. to the point where this team has developed enough that it's Josh Allen, it's the running game, or it's the defense. It doesn't have to be all three. It can be one. It can be two. It can be all three, but it doesn't have to be. And honestly, on Sunday, the defense did their job and the run game did their job. The defense held down Justin Fields, but I don't know that there was anything Chicago could have done to have stopped the Buffalo Bills running game because they just are scheming so well. And they know they have plays that work so well and they call them and they're getting, you know, five, six, seven yards of run, which I'm going to talk about here in a minute. Um, but it's, it's just, it's so fascinating to watch because then when Josh Allen is playing, well, you run the ball successfully, it's going to push those guys. Uh, it's going to bring those guys forward, which in the box, which then allows you like, that's the best part about this. This is, this is, and I don't know coaches, but Essentially, what I'm gathering, and somebody please correct me if I'm wrong, but if your run game sucks, they put more people or they they can spread out. They don't have to put people in the box. But if your run game is very solid, you have to bring people in the box, which then opens up the passing game. But knowing that there's Josh Allen passing the ball, you don't want to fill that box up. So now you can run the ball kind of at ease a little more uh, or, or with ease, I should say. So it's it's very... 
Very, very nice to have Josh Allen under center for the Buffalo Bills. Um, the other thing I want to point out, Naeem Hines continues to get opportunities here and there, is starting to look a lot more comfortable in this offense. I would not be shocked to see his his um, play continue to, to grow as this season goes on um, and into the playoffs. And then you also have Tredavious White, a cornerback, who continues to look more and more comfortable with each passing week, which is a scary thing for other teams and an amazing thing for the Buffalo Bills defense, who uh, they've struggled with injury all year. We've talked about that ad nauseum. But um, moving on to our third of the three big things, jumping a little deeper into the win. John, no Sunday, no problem for the Buffalo Bills. Their win on Saturday marks the sixth win this season that came on a day other than Sunday. This ties an NFL record with the Boston Patriots, who also had six non-Sunday victories in 1962. And uh, they get an opportunity on Monday night, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, to set that NFL record for most wins not on a Sunday in a football season. But talking about running the ball, that's kind of been our, our big topic, the podcast today. Um, the Bills can run the ball. Their outburst on Saturday of 254 rushing yards on 31 carries, as we mentioned, pushed Buffalo to the NFL lead in yards per attempt at 5.29 yards per rush. Uh, this was mm-hmm. pointed out by Sal Capaccio of WGR on Twitter. Someone then asked Sal, well, it's got to be Josh Allen, right? It, that's just the logic. It's got to be the Allen effect. Not mm-hmm. so fast. If oh, remove, Corso there. If you remove Josh Allen's rushing attempts and yards, John, Buffalo mm-hmm. still averages 4.81 yards per carry, which would be fifth best in the NFL. So Josh Allen puts so you I, over the top, but they're still you over. The, he puts you over the top. And I think uh, and I think that probably because of that is why we don't think of the Buffalo Bills as a running team because of the Josh Allen variable. But that's a yeah. very interesting stat. If you take him out of there, they're still top five. That's. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, that definitely will uh, keep some some defensive coordinators up at night. And I would have to think with the the upcoming opponent that they're going to be facing, the run game is going to be featured a lot because what's oh, yeah. the best way to keep a team off the field, run the ball successfully. Absolutely. Absolutely. A stat, a stat we've been following, no interceptions updated. Buffalo had won five straight games, John, despite not recording a pick in any of those games. They were set to tie. They were one play away from tying the record not sure it's a record you want to tie but they were one game away from tying the nfl record set by the dallas cowboys uh for six straight games with wins despite not recording a pick but old pal nathan peterman final play exciting final play of saturday's game he threw a pick as time expired to Buffalo safety, Jaquan Johnson, his first pick of the season. John, this was Buffalo's first interception since week 10 versus Minnesota, where Kirk Cousins threw two picks. But I love a good Nathan Peterman sighting. And for those keeping track at home, Nathan Peterman now has 13 interceptions and 12 career games played. And I think that circle of life can finally come to a close because he threw a lot of picks for the Bills. Yeah. Now he threw a pick to the Bills. We can put that to bed and I, we can move forward. I feel like there is perspective in that somewhere. Um, you know, if you're ever, ever, ever down about the team, maybe Josh Allen didn't play like Josh Allen typically plays, right? And you're like, oh, man, I really think we might be like, ah, you remember the Nathan Peterman days. I mean, I that last play. I mean, it was it almost it would it couldn't have been more poetic, I think. 
Yeah. I said to my wife, cause I started, I was like, we didn't need to get an interception here. She's like, isn't the game over? I said, you don't even understand. They got a pick and I was laughing my ass off. And she said, I just don't get it. And I said, well, Nathan Peterman was the guy that Sean McDermott said was more ready to play than Josh Allen was years ago and started Nathan <laughs> Peterman over Josh Allen and then quickly regretted his decision and then moved on to Josh Allen, which has worked out pretty damn well. But um, right. Right. I, think I, I, will, I will tell you when that happened, I yelled out like I did back in the days when he was doing it for Buffalo. Nate Pete. I think it's funny, first off, that we still stick with that. But every so often, whenever something like Josh Allen does that's historical, I always see that QB1 Nathan Peterman tweet come from the Buffalo Bills <laughs> onto my timeline. Some of my friends have the, <laughs> the greatest sense of humor. Um, so like if Josh Allen wins the MVP this year, which he he's he's right up there. I'll probably see that tweet resurface again because it's it's just amazing that that's where oh, we I started. See, I need to see this tweet. I I'll have to, to find. I need, f- to, I need to put that into my repertoire as well. I'll find it for you here. But with that's that being fair. said, that's, with that no, being no. said, John, I'll find it for you on the commercial break. Um, because we're going to take a quick commercial break here. Yes, we are. Podcast. We're going to be back with our look ahead, which is real quick because we don't have any injury updates yet. We're Uh, wearing our Nathan Peterman jerseys and we're going to throw the podcast and it's going to be intercepted by commercials briefly. I like that. We'll be back right after this quick break, this quick interception with more trust the podcast I could come up with (laughs) here on the gear radio network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're back here on Trust the Podcast. Those commercials were fantastic. And I am finishing up as we speak, John. Still looking for that tweet? Oh, no, I got it. I'm just slow to send it to you. It was very easy. I just literally went to Google, typed in Nathan Peterman QB1 tweet. It was the first thing. Nice. There's also another one that says uh, September 3rd, 2018. It's official. Nathan Peterman has been named our starting quarterback. I'll make sure to send that one to you as well. Yes, please. You can I love it. In your, in your, uh, like you said, the repertoire. Looking yes. ahead here, John, the injury news. Um, it's it's actually relatively good. The injury news here. Offensive lineman Ryan Bates suffered a knee injury in the game, but did return and did complete the okay. game. As far as I know, um, the bad news. Center Mitch Morris missed the game with a concussion. I think uh, it's his sixth or seven documented concussion. Brayton and I talked about that last week, but oh, that's you, no you got to think like the man has a family. I, I always, I hope 
I, and for Buffalo's sake, Buffalo's offensive line is much better with Mitch Morse than without Mitch Morse. But for right. his health sake and for his family's sake, I hope we've seen the last of Mitch Morse because those they're those, no joke. Those, those close head, head injuries are a bear. Absolutely, there they are. Absolutely no joke. As as someone that has had uh, several documented myself from my days in pro wrestling, anytime I see concussion, I'm always like more worried about the person than I am about the team absolutely, and, and anything like that. So we're doing the same thing with Miami right now with Tua. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a real bad situation. Like I, I feel horrible. Obviously this is not a Miami dolphins talk podcast or anything like that. And dolphins fans was aside from maybe one or two typically annoy me. Um, but you know, this, this isn't about team allegiances. This is about the human being and what's happening with Tua. Same thing with Mitch Morris, man. You don't mess around with things like that. Yeah, especially because offensive linemen get jarred all game long. They get those, yep. those micro concussions all game long from mm-hmm. just getting hit, hands to the face, helmet to helmet, whatever. But you see a guy like Tua, and you know that there were three documented instances where he smacked his head off the field. Um, at some point, you just gotta you just gotta say, man, you know, I gotta I gotta do what's best for me and best for number one, but. Defensive end Boogie Basham missed the game of the calf injury again. No status update on him as well. But, John, we turn our focus to the game of the year. The first playoff game the Buffalo Bills will play this season. Week 17, Buffalo Bills at the Cincinnati Bengals. The two hottest teams in the National Football League. Uh, Monday, January 2nd, 8.30 p.m. on ESPN. Boy, am I lit up for this one already. It's it's. Tuesday night. I had to look at the calendar because I don't know what day it is. It's yes. Tuesday. It's Tuesday night, John, and I'm already lit for this game. You've got the two longest. Oh, I, sh- I apologize. The second and third longest win streaks, the two longest win streaks in the AFC, the second and third longest in the league because the San Francisco 49ers and the Purdy, the Brock Purdy, they've won eight straight games, but I digress. The mm-hmm. Bills have won six straight. The Bengals have won seven straight. The Bengals are five and one at home. The bills are six and two on the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's going to be to steal a line from AEW's Jim Ross, baby. This is going to be a slobber knocker on Monday night football. You've got yes. again, the 11 and four Cincinnati Bengals versus the 12 and three Buffalo bills. They both lead their division, the NFC North for the Bengals, the AFC, the AFC North. I apologize for the Bengals. I clearly don't update my notes here. The, yeah. um, the AFC East for the Buffalo bills, John quarterback, Joe Burrow has been red hot as well lately and getting some MVP chatter. Uh, mm-hmm. He has 4,260 passing yards, 34 touches and 12 picks. And uh, extremely cool under pressure, by the way, he is, he is Joe cool. Modern day Joe Cool defense in this Joe point, Cool two K twenty two man yeah this in in defense will be optional in this game I think Buffalo's fourth in the NFL with four hundred and twenty points scored very nice and Cincinnati is sixth in the league with three hundred ninety one points scored but John the big thing I want to point out here this is a playoff game for both the Bills and the Bengals you ask why. I will be more than happy to tell you. If Buffalo wins, the road to the one seed in the bye week is clear. They just have mm-hmm. to beat New England. Right. Because they have tiebreakers over KC and Cincinnati. Plus, if I think Cincinnati loses, they're out of the one seed race. Um, But if Buffalo loses, Cincinnati leapfrogs Buffalo, moves to the two seed, pu- pushing Buffalo to the three seed, presuming that Kansas City beats Denver, which let's be real, they probably should. But who yeah, knows? I've, because 
You would think you would think you would think they should. You play you play to win the game or whatever, you know. Um plus I think Russ is, Russ, Russ is cooking Russ is cooking fish in the microwave. Crystal crystal meth is what it feels like sometimes <laughs> with how crazy that team has been and how bad they've been, man. I don't understand. Uh, unreal, man. We need to be on TV soon so we can so we can really kind of talk about that. I know this is a Bill centric podcast, but man, oh man, what a dumpster fire Denver's been all year. So they play Denver and then they play Oakland in the final regular season. I'm trying to see here. Uh, why is reading comprehension so hard? Yes, they play in Vegas to close out the season. Uh, so again, looking at the playoff picture now, John, if the season were to end today, I know you've been waiting for it these last three weeks. You've been itching. I can tell from a distance. If the season ended today, which we know it doesn't, the mm. Buffalo Bills get the one seed. It would be the seven seed Dolphins at the two seed Chiefs, the six seed Chargers at the three seed Bengals, and the five seed Ravens at the four seed Jacksonville Jaguars, which they have been a revelation this year. Something about that doesn't seem right. No, kind of need no. Miami to lose this week. I never thought I'd be rooting for the Patriots. But I'm going to root for the Patriots. I mean, because I know the buff because I know Buffalo's going to bring uh, bring it to them in Week 18. Because with first place on the line, they're going to be playing their starters. They got yep. something to play for. So here's the thing, though. This is the big difference, John. Presuming, presuming two, three, and four win, right? Mm-hmm. The best teams are going to win out. Buffalo would then play Jacksonville at home, and then you have Kansas City hosting the Bengals. So right there, the two biggest teams, you go from needing to beat Kansas City and Cincinnati to needing to beat Kansas City or Cincinnati. Right. If you're getting right. to that point, because again, I'm not I'm not presuming victories or anything, but that's that is the case. You have to beat yeah. a Jacksonville or a Baltimore um to get Jacksonville's no slouch in this no. in this stretch either. But Come to Buffalo in January and tell me how you're doing. Anybody yeah. come to Buffalo in January and tell me how you're doing. Tell me how you're feeling. Um, so come this to Buffalo is a, right now and tell me how you're feeling. I, I've been is, watching. I've been following Steph Diggs on Twitter for the last uh, few days since he came home, and he's just like, it won't stop snowing. I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> I should have led the podcast off with it. I almost, I almost, it, it crossed my mind, but obviously. <laughs> Our thoughts at uh, Gear Network and, and Better Live Than Dead Trust the Podcast. We're thinking about you, Buffalo. I wish we yes. could be closer to help out, but it's it's kind of a hopeless feeling seeing all your friends and a lot of yeah. other people struggle and, and just be stuck. It's it's Absolutely. terrible. I, I've been um, ta- I've been talking to uh, you know keeping in, keeping tabs on a lot of my friends that are uh, out there in Buffalo, and uh, you know a couple of them were had been stranded, and and so you know, kind of seeing their stories and what they go through. And then you think about, you know, hearing about how many people froze to death. They, you know, out there, like literally that literally happened and how lucky that some of my friends, you know, I I feel very lucky that some of my friends were in the positions that they were in because I, you know, while it sucked for, for some of them to spend Christmas outside of their normal house, they were at least safe, you know? Yeah. And that's the most um, important. And, 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 you know, the city of Buffalo for as much as uh, my late great friend Brody Lee would trash it. Um, they do really have some good Samaritans. There are some good people there. And, and so shout out to all of you that, uh, you know, have gone out of your way out in Buffalo to help people, um, help people out there in, in, in times of need, you know, you're all, 
you're all one Buffalo. You know, it's not well, a cliche again, you, thing to, it's not a cliche thing to say. It's, you know, I, I, John, do John, we always talk sentiment. about, we always talk about Buffalo being the city of good neighbors. And every time something happens, they step up and they step out. They, yeah. they show up. There are people who were taking in strangers and helping right. them alive. There were, there yeah. were stories. There are so many stories of good Samaritans doing so many just absolutely mind blowing things yeah. to help out people they never even met before in their life. Right. Simply because that's just, that's just how Buffalo is. And, and it's it just so crazy to me how close to us that was. And we got a dusting, you know what I mean? Yeah. It I really mean, this, puts things in perspective. This is the scary thing we could talk about in the BLTD podcast, but I don't think just from like my one, you know, my, I'm a meteorologist, junior meteorologist, because I took one class in college. Um, <laughs> but with like global warming in the, in the lake, not freezing over yet, these things are going to happen more and more and more unfortunately and we have to adjust because at at this point it's you can't say it's not going to happen again because it's the third time it's happened right. i saw a tweet earlier today that said something along the lines of buffalo is almost at 100 inches of snow for the season or for the for this time of year last year they were at nine inches of snow so it's been very 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 big drastic difference from this time last year and absolutely again, it's just devastating to see this and it's it really is it's just unbelievable the year that buffalo has had indeed and, and you know not not speaking of sports um obviously that's one that's one thing that's a great highlight for the scene but uh, for the city but just the city has been through so much uh in this past year you know not just this season but this past year like it just feels like Buffalo as a city can't catch a break. And, but even in spite of all of that, they're still showing people how it's done and, and showing that there is decent humanity left in the world. Um, and, and really kind of setting the stage for the, the example for really how everybody should be and how everybody should act in, in, in times like this. So, you know, shout out agree. to the, to, to all of, all of Buffalo there. And, uh, you know, our, 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 our well wishes, uh, continue to be sent your, your direction Absolutely. as you guys recover from this. So I want to ask you before we, um, before we finish up the podcast here, who you got on Monday night? Ooh. Uh, man, I've got Troy Aikman, uh, being a probably, probably hammered. And and saying something, rattling off some something <laughs> stupid. Um, that's much is for sure. Wow, this one's going to be a tough one. Well, can I can uh, I? I did steal your gimmick. This is a gimmick infringement, but I did steal. <laughs> I did. I did see that, and I appreciate that. <laughs> John, you have not been here for three weeks. I had to keep it going because it was a. It's a very good gimmick to have. Yeah, ESPN yes. analytics matchup predictor. Fifty-four point six percent of America picks Buffalo. Forty-four point eight percent of America picks Cincinnati, and 06 percent of America picks absolute chaos with a tie. Yes, um, I, I really, really, really don't know. I want to say Buffalo, but if Buffalo plays like they did against Chicago, against Cincinnati. I think I'm going to be more in alignment with that, uh, 
with that 44.7% with Cincinnati. Just they're this is gonna this is a tough one. This is a real tough one. Um they're playing in Cincinnati. I mean, man, I I it's don't gonna, look at it's why you think about it. I don't it, know. It's gonna be a great measuring stick for the Buffalo Bills. I'm I'm gonna just go off on a homer note here and say I, I've got the Bills winning and continuing their winning ways because they have to. If they want that, yes. if they want that easy road to the Super Bowl, where the where the Super Bowl come the road to what is it Arizona this year, yeah. comes through Buffalo in January, mid to late January. That mm-hmm. is as much home field advantage as you can ask for. Absolutely, with, with the loud ass fans at Highmark Stadium, with the snow, with the cold, you're looking at having you know, potentially Baltimore or Jacksonville or the Chargers or the Dolphins coming to Buffalo for that first divisional game. If you have the one seed, my goodness, it's going to be miserable for whoever comes here, but that's why you have to win. Sorry, John. That's why you have to win this game. It is. Absolutely. I can't remember the last time, John, I said that a 12 and three team has a must win game, but looking at how the season has played out, if you lose the game, it's not a huge deal because you're still in a very good position. But if you win, the, and this is going to sound so stupid because I just obviously said, if you lose it, not a big deal. You're still in a good spot. But if you win it, it is a huge victory, possibly one of the biggest of the season. Uh, I'd, I'd obviously put it right up there with the Kansas City game just simply because, mm-hmm. you know, if Buffalo beat, that's the hard part about this season, too. I kind of going off on a tangent quick. They they should have beat Miami. They should have beat the Jets. They should have beat the Vikings. You lose games like that all season. But to see the fact that the Buffalo Bills, I don't want to say that they could be undefeated, but all of those games were winnable. All of the games mm-hmm. they've won and played this year have been winnable. And well, I mean, by that, you know, going by that theory, the, the Jets should be an 11 or 12 win team now. You know, yes, I mean, but when, but it's when any given when Sunday, at, man. Exactly. I agree with that. But when you look at the game and you go, okay, you could have won that game. You had red zone problems. Everything else was great. Or that game, uh, Josh Allen had his arm almost ripped off, you know, whatever. Or the the Vikings game that you should not have collapsed, but you did. Um, again, it's just those it's just those little things where you look back and say, okay, if this, then that type of thing. But that's why this game is so much more important because if you win it, you almost guarantee, you're almost guaranteed to lock up that one seed. Um, and again, that would be... I don't, I don't, I just can't fathom the Buffalo Bills being the one seed in the AFC, being the favorites to win the Super Bowl, all that's like, I just can't fathom it because I've gotten so sick of Kansas City Mm. always winning everything, always getting, always being the best team. It's someone else's turn. The Bengals last year, it was great to see them. Let's go, Buffalo. Come on. Like, let's get Buffalo (laughs) in a good spot, win the game, control your destiny. I and I do the damn think, thing. I think if this were any team other than the Bengals right now, I would be on board with that. Um, but I think Cincinnati, Cincinnati plays a game of shut up football. Like no one predicted them going to the Super Bowl like they did last year, and they were arguably within a, a couple of plays of winning that um, against Los Angeles. But the Rams and then sell their soul to the devil to win that Super and, Bowl. Right. And, and then like, and then you, you look at them this year, like nobody thought that they were really going to be doing, you know, would it be a Super Bowl hangover? Would it be anything like that? I mean, they, they were two and three 
at, at one point during the season before they finally kicked it into overdrive and just started beating everybody and playing really hard and playing really well and continuing uh, continuing that that trend. I mean, they they started the season zero and two, and you know the you know the stats that ESPN always shows. No team, only like, like three 9% teams or since nineteen yeah. diggity four have that have started zero and two made the playoffs. Well, guess what's guess what's happening now is like th- this was a team that people were writing off in week two as being a fluke and being well here's the thing too what we thought they were if if you let me kind of be a homer again Uh uh-huh they've beaten carolina pittsburgh tennessee kansas city which that's a that's a very big that's one of those upper echelon victories obviously Mm -hmm. uh cleveland tampa and new england so again yeah quality of opponent questionable right but I mean, I don't but, know. But you got Tennessee, well, Kansas City in there. Hear me out. With that being said, John, what's the one thing we always talk about? Good teams beat bad teams. That's how it works out. Mm-hmm. So, like, these are games you would expect Cincinnati to win. Because obviously, right. with the way that schedules play out, sometimes a team may have an easier schedule than another team. I mean, the Bengals played the Jets, the Dolphins, the Saints, the Falcons. Those were all wins. They beat the Panthers. They've only lost to to Cleveland, Baltimore, Dallas, and Pittsburgh. Dallas and Pittsburgh being that those uh, two first games of the season. So really, let's be real. Since that those first two games of the season, they've gone on an eleven and two run. Right. That's really impressive. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I'm just trying to make sense of this because it's like, are they going to continue to steamroll, or is it just a like, have they gotten hot at the right time, or did they get hot too early? We don't know. We won't know till the season's over. I'm just rambling here. I apologize, but I, I'm trying to make it. sense of it. I get it. I get it. Honestly, I, I, I could see. I, I'm, I'm. I think I'm in that one of those, one of those uh, percentage points in the tie, man. I'm, I'm that 0.6 because I, I really, I have a hard time picking a winner. I, I feel like my gut is telling me Buffalo, but my mind is telling me Cincinnati. Look, um, if it ends up, if it ends up being a tie. I'm buying that 0.6% of America a beer. <laughs> Perfect. I will happily because, take that. Because I think, if I'm not mistaken, if it is a tie, Buffalo would almost, I think they would gar- be guaranteed to clinch that. I'm not totally sure. Yeah, I, I have no earthly idea how that works, but uh, I'll, I'll, I, give I it, think... I'll give it a run really quick. I'll go on the ESPN playoff machine here real fast, and we'll see. <laughs> They have uh, that. Yeah. I don't know, man. This is, this is one of those tough, either way, it's going to be a hell of a game to watch. Um, there's going to be a lot of people probably calling out sick the next day, uh, and, and places of employment around Buffalo and Cincinnati. Um, so be prepared for that corporate America. If you're so listening, 17 bills and Bengals. Oh no. If, because the, the, the chiefs would have 14 wins, uh, it would be Buffalo second at 13, three and one, which, I thought they would have a better win percentage, but I guess more wins wins. I, that's probably something stupid to say. I don't. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. I get all confused with the percentages and stuff like that. But anyways, John. Yes, we've we've gone off the deep end because we we're drinking. We're drinking the Kool Aid. Kool Aid. It's been absolutely fantastic to have you back on the podcast. Yes, yes, great to be back. Great to be back. I really appreciate you taking the time on this Tuesday night. Um, we won't know. We won't know updates uh, on the bills until Thursday. Uh, they're practicing Thursday, Friday, and Saturday uh, because of the Monday night football. Kind of gives everybody a couple extra days to rest up and, and and be ready for this big matchup on Monday night. Bills at the Bengals. 
like we always say here, John, uh, we are Trust the Podcast. You're not. We will catch you sometime very soon next week. That's soon enough. As always, thank you for tuning in and go Bills. The preceding presentation has been brought to you by the Gear Network.